this episode, we will be covering how, as a leader, your mindset will determine the direction and outcome of your team and organization. A leader's mindset will determine where the company is heading and the culture of the team or how they work. Therefore, it is important that you're aware of the impact of your mindset and thoughts and how to change your mindset and thought patterns when necessary. Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve podcast with Lee Salam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. So let's get going. We know that the direction of your life is determined by your strongest thoughts. And we also know that your thoughts are determined by your mindset. Therefore, if you have a growth mindset, your thoughts will be inclined towards valuing development, growth, improvements, and embracing changes and opportunities. The same would be true if your mindset is fixed. You would have difficulty or you would be more inclined towards resisting change, viewing challenges as problems and issues, and opposing innovation or risk-taking. Unfortunately, in the competitive world that business operates in, change, competition, challenges, and all the likes dictate that to not just survive, but to thrive, requires people and leaders to have a mindset that sees problems as opportunities. Personal and organizational growth are imperatives, and to be adaptable and quick to respond as critical success factors. In order to have an organization or teams that are able to manage the challenges of running a business, is to be aware of the mindset and culture that exists in the organization today. The mindset of an organization is determined by the leader's mindset. As in the previous episode, I had shared that in Microsoft, for example, the Microsoft culture at a start when Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer was at the helm was primarily driven by achieving goals to compete aggressively, taking market share, and this in turn led to a very aggressive, competitive, and the survival of the fittest culture within the company. This was suitable for the time as it was required in order for the company to gain market share, to establish dominance, and to set the direction for the innovation of technology. However, the negative impact of that internal culture was also very evident. Today, the mindset and culture of Microsoft has pivoted to reflect a different mindset based on a new set of leadership teams. This just goes to show that the mindset and culture of an organization is dependent and determined by the mindset of the leader and the leadership team. As leaders, you're not just what you say, but also what you do. And all of that is determined by your mindset and your thought patterns. To build and sustain a successful organization, groups or teams, you will need to not just be aware of your current mindset, but also what shifts in your mindset you may need to do in order for you to lead effectively and in the direction that you desire. To do so, we need to first establish your current mindset. Ask yourself, are you risk-adverse or opportunity-driven? Are you goal or purpose-driven? 
Are you growth or fixed? Are you control or empowerment mindset? Are you, do you have a positive or negative mindset? Do you have a short-term or long-term mindset? Do you have a competitive or collaborative mindset? Are you more individual or team-based mindset? Now, this is just a short list of different mindsets you could have. You will have more than one type of mindset. For example, today I have a growth, purpose-driven, long-term, empowering, and collaborative mindset. This also implies that in the past, I did have some of the opposite mindsets, which were individual, controlling, and very goal-driven. I had to slowly change my mindset because it became apparent that the way I was managing my team was not what I had desired or imagined as a manager. I was not happy with my performance as a manager and the impact that it had on my team. The only solution was not to change the team, but the only solution was to change my mindset, my thought process, and in turn, the way I changed to manage the team. What about you, Sel? How do you find the impact of mindset in your group or organization? Interesting point, Lisa. The fact of the matter is leaders are being watched and scrutinized all the time. Your employees tend to interpret every word you say and every movement that you make. And their natural expectation is for you to be clear of the direction and where you are leading them. Important point to note is that as a leader, I believe you must have some flexibility in the type of mindset that you want to adopt. A leader in a startup company, for instance, may require a very different mindset from a super mature company that has gone through many stages of transformation. Regardless, the three critical things that matter to your people from my point of view are these questions. Number one, where exactly are we going? Number two, and how do we get there? And number three, how can you bring the best out of me? Naturally, your employees would be interested to know how they can contribute and whether or not you provide the relevant tools and support to get the best out of them. The big picture is you need to apply situational leadership based on how your organization really is. Is it a fluid startup? Or is it a trouble company that you need to fix to get it back into the right direction where morale is also very low? Or is it a medium-sized company with vibrant culture with abundant growth opportunities? Situational leadership obviously calls for flexibility in the type of mindset that you want to apply. Obviously, there is no simple answer. However, from my experience before, the mindset of a leader will definitely result in either positive or negative impact to the company and its employees. An example of a positive impact is really, I remember in my early career, one of my bosses, she was a really compassionate person who applied the growth mindset. I could remember clearly how she empowered her subordinates and encouraged open dialogue for soft problems. We always look forward to have a conversation with her because of her natural ability to unearth the issues and work together to solve problems with us. As a matter of fact, from the onset, we had clear discussion on what we wanted to achieve as a team, what success looked like and how we ought to work together. Her subordinates respected her and we had a rewarding time working for her. We felt that we had a freedom to function effectively and we knew she would support us in the decision that we made. So, well, Lisa, assuming that a leader has already determined the type of mindset that he or she wants to adopt, 
what will come next. Thanks for sharing, Sal. The next question that we need to answer, after knowing your leadership mindset, is to understand how mindset drives your thinking and culture of your team and organization. So take an example of a goal-centric mindset leader. The goal-centric mindset leads to thought patterns that says, I am driven by achieving goals. I need goals and set them, not just achievable ones, but my real goals are the stretch goals. I will achieve my goals no matter what, and you will see the finish line just like an athlete and you go all out for it. Goals give you motivation, and it's all about achieving those numbers. Now, this mindset will also create cultures and behaviors such as individual-centric, because I am the only one who is able to achieve these goals, and it is hard to work with others to achieve them, because I just don't have time to waste on others, or to wait for them, or to get other people up to speed. It will also create a culture in the team that it is then very individual-centric, because now it is everyone for themselves. You must meet your own goals, and if not, then. You and your team are not good at playing with others or to work with others in a collaborative manner. That's really a great example, Lisa. We obviously want constructive mindsets rather than disruptive mindsets. I believe one of the key ingredients to facilitate constructive mindsets in addition to what you have articulated is really the value systems. Just to recap, I talked about value systems in the previous episode of this podcast. Some examples of value systems are honesty, open and respectful, being self-critical, integrity, diversity, teamwork, and so on. Going back to the example that you just shared on the goal-oriented mindsets, what was evident there is that there is a direct correlation between the thought process and the culture or the behaviors. The thought process saying that I will achieve this goal no matter what drives the culture of individuality which may be destructive. Well, we can potentially convert this to become constructive when we map this thought process with the value systems. In this instance, say one of your value systems is teamwork. Then when you run through your thought process on achieving this goal no matter what, one of the key filters would be validating that with the value system of teamwork. And if your current thought process is all steered towards individuality, you need to be mindful on how best you can ensure that the value system of teamwork is incorporated in your goal-driven mindset. Another important point that I want to highlight is that the best way to set a goal for success is, just like what you mentioned before, Lisa, in your previous podcast, a goal must be challenging enough that you cannot achieve it on your own, but require a team to help you to achieve it. If we go by this approach, then the chances of you to adopt a goal-centric mindset with the participation of your team members will be realized. You can have a constructive mindset this way as well. In a nutshell, if you already have a constructive mindset, stick with it and enforce it. And if you happen to have a destructive mindset, you can change it constructive mindset using the approach that I've mentioned. What do you think, Lisa? Thanks, Elle. Now that we have answered the question to mindset and how that determines the direction and culture of your team and organization, the final question is, how can we change our mindsets to lead a healthy team and organization? 
So how could you change whatever your mindset is and its actions to one that is constructive? There are three key steps. One, take hold of what is good about the mindset. So for example, goal-oriented mindset gives you focus and helps you to prioritize the limited resources that you have. Think about what is the best use of time for both you and your team. What is the most impactful way to allocate resources for maximum impact? What do you say no to and what do you say yes to? Number two, have an open discussion with your team on what is your expectation, not just around the goals, but also about how to go about achieving those goals. Create a culture of open, safe and secured feedback environment. This is critical to ensure that there is always a check and balance in place within the team. Holding one another accountable keeps everyone in check. Number three, intentionally change your mindset. If there is a mindset that you need to change 180 degrees, for example, from negative to positive, you will need to intentionally do that. It will not come naturally or easily, especially if it is one that is a long-held mindset. The key is not to stop thinking negative scenarios, but it is a replacement strategy. You will need to replace the negative scenarios or thoughts with positive and empowering thoughts. For example, if your natural thoughts are something bad will happen, then it is about replacing that thought with, I am going to spend my time thinking about innovative solutions to those challenges. It goes without saying, but I will remind and encourage you that this change is not easy. We are all creatures of habit, and to change or break any habit is incredibly hard. Our mindset is a habit, and to change it, it takes intentional effort, but it also takes time and consistent application. When you do catch yourself, going back to the old pattern of thinking or mindset, do not be too hard on yourself, but acknowledge the pattern and replace it with the new pattern. It can be done, and the best leaders do it often. For example, I had shared earlier that one of my mindset when I first started my career was an individual mindset. I thought that for me to be successful, I had to do it all. I was the only one who could do it, and I would take all available resources given to me to achieve my goals. Now, of course, I was successful in achieving my goals, but it did nothing to help my fellow team members, and I remember thinking to myself, Maybe I could achieve much more if I did bring in other team members to help me drive attachment with their products and not just focusing on marketing my set of product portfolios. The moment of aha was when my manager highlighted my actions to me. I took the feedback and went about to change my mindset and to start being more inclusive and collaborative in my marketing campaigns and so on. Over time, I became more of a collaborator than just an individual contributor. The key was feedback, being open to the feedback and choosing to change. Sel, what about your experience in this area? Well, Lisa, as we all know, change is hard. Admitting that change is hard will be the first key step in a journey to change your mindset to become constructive. You need to appreciate the effort that needs to be put in to make that change. As far as my experience is concerned, I would say that I practice the peak and pause approach. What that means exactly is that I learn by doing. For instance, I'm a true believer of empowerment. I thought I did pretty well in empowering my team members, giving them freedom to initiate and decide 
on what they want to do in alignment with their roles and scope of work. I continued doing that until I reached the peak or the point where I feel I needed to perform some personal assessment on my performance. So I paused to gather feedback from my team members and peers to assess the outcome of my so-called empowerment practices. It was interesting to find out that my subordinates did not think that I did well on empowerment at all, that I had a lot of room for improvement in delegation and control. Having deeper to understand where the improvement on delegation and control should come from, I learned that I practically applied the same brush stroke to all my subordinates, which resulted in the most skilled and experienced people felt that I was not delegating enough when they were all ready to perform the required task. What I did after that was I applied the right intervention and started to have differing level of empowerment to my subordinates with key considerations on their skills, experience and capabilities. I give huge empowerment to the skilled and experienced people and less empowerment to the junior staff. Obviously, you can always convert your approach to much constructive mindsets when you need to. Thanks, Sal, for sharing how you have put that into practice. We hope that you have learned at least one thing that you're able to apply into your leadership practice. Please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you would like to learn next. And give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on what we're doing. Check out our respective websites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Take care and remember, you're not alone in your struggles as a manager.